All right, good evening. Welcome to the show. Tonight we're going to talk about oil, gas, and all that other fun stuff. Uh, what, what's going on? Why is gas so expensive? We all know why gas is so expensive, because the Biden administration has blocked all the drilling, refused to give out the leases, and done everything they can to destroy the gas economy. Or, as Carl sometimes likes to point out, things might be a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, not going to bore you with all the details, but let's go over a few things, okay? So, West Texas Intermediate Crude, that's the U.S. oil, right? That's what we sell around here, one of the main flavors of oil, but it's one of the benchmarks used. It's down to 87.55. It was almost 120, so it's a, it's a 30, uh, $33 difference, give or take, in price per barrel since then. So it's come down in the price per barrel. Um, that certainly is influencing price and changing things around a little bit, right? But one of the things that I've said to you guys before, and I'll say it again, uh, it's a multi-factor analysis, right? So what are we going to be talking about tonight? Tonight we're going to talk about prices, outlook, should you go electric? That's really a topic for another day, right? Whether you want to go electric or not, you're not going to make that change if you haven't already in a time that's going to, going to make a difference. So Again, I'm just going to run through these points quick, and then we'll circle back on a lot of this stuff. Drilling in the Permian to hit a record. Now, I posted this earlier today, uh, this, this notice that the Permian drilling was going to hit a record. And, and one of you all is like, oh, yeah, great job, Carl, rooting for those foreign adversaries of ours to outstrip U.S. oil. The Permian is the name of a basin in Texas and New Mexico. It's where all the fracking is taking place. There's some fracking in Pennsylvania. There's some fracking here. There's some fracking in South Dakota. But the big play for shale oil is the Permian Basin in the United States of America. Despite Biden, right? Despite Biden, it is going to hit a record amount of production in the Permian in September by barrels per day produced in the United States from the Permian uh, Basin across Texas and New Mexico. We are going to be producing as much oil as we've ever produced before um, and we're producing more in certain areas now how is this possible it's possible because well the price of oil as we saw earlier had gotten really high also a lot of the problems we're having with oil are covid related production was cut do you remember in 2020 in april of 2020 or there about when oil went negative does anybody remember that? Oil went negative. It was worthless. You had to pay someone to take it off your hands for a little bit because there was no storage capacity for the oil. There was too much oil. What would you do if people were starting to charge you for your oil instead of pay you for your oil? Hmm. One might stop producing so much oil. One way you do that is you stop drilling wells. You stop fracking wells. You stop running sand and water down them. Um, at the same time, in that same time period, President Trump very wisely went to the Saudi Arabians and said, stop producing so much oil. He convinced OPEC to go down by 9 million barrels a day to help protect the U.S. oil industry, to start to get some money back into the U.S. oil industry. The problem is OPEC's now saying, well, you asked us to reduce it, so we're, we're turning it back on and we're trying to speed up. But really, this was your idea to cut all this production, and so we're just going to turn it up really slowly while we collect all this money. Um, I mean, with the hindsight, maybe we should have just endured worse, pro worse profits for our industry two years ago, right? Uh, 
But that's not what happened. And that actually wouldn't have been the right thing to do because that would have further depressed production and capacity in the United States. So we're in a bed of circumstance and confluence that has very little to do uh, with who the current or past president is uh, and much to do with how the economy played out. Now, um, the one problem we still have is refinery capacity is still the main issue. We're one hurricane away from a price hike in gas and diesel. Even if oil stays low, we lost a million barrels a day in refinery capacity in the last few years. We, as I've told you before, we haven't built a new refinery since 1977 of any magnitude. That's under Republican and Democratic presidents. And frankly, we've increased capacity of the refineries we have. They're running full tilt right now, making just enough fuel, keeping in mind that we export millions of barrels a day of refined fuel from our refineries that we ship to other countries. Um, we bring oil in and we ship gas out, right? Um, but we're one hurricane away from a major price hike. Now, permits and leases on federal land. A lot of you guys have been very worried about the Biden administration won't grant the permits and the leases. That's what's pushing oil and gas up. Maybe, except that 95% of all dr new drilling is fracking. Remember the Permian Basin I was talking about a minute ago? So 95%, right? 95%. Well, only 11% of fracking takes place on federal land. That means that a majority of all the fracking that's done, which is 95% of all the new wells and drilling, only 10% only of that 95% or about 9% of anything is done with federal permits on federal land. Interestingly, which is why this is no hubbubaloo about anything, the Anti-Inflation Act requires leasing and permits for oil as part of the scheme that if they want to give windmill and solar permits, they also have to hand out oil drilling and exploration permits and leases. Millions of acres every year will be opened. I call the Anti-Inflation Act misnamed because it's not going to reduce inflation or whatever the hell they're calling the thing, or you know, the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, but will it be helpful? Well, for the same reasons that I don't think Biden's ban on federal land had a huge consequence on oil prices. This will not also have a huge consequence on oil prices. Um, but if you believe that the banning of leases and fracking and the banning of uh, permitting on federal land was a problem and it was contributing, then Biden is the first president to reverse that trend. And he's the first president to sign legislation requiring the federal government to hand out these things every year from now until the foreseeable future. Um, so again, we're talking about oil and gas prices and how we got to where we are. Now, I see a reflexive, um, I see reflexive responses from a lot of you on Facebook. So for instance, today, the Wall Street Journal came out with an article that said, and I quoted it, and somehow you, many of you accused me of like some kind of democratic talking point, okay? The Wall Street Journal is owned by Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch is the same guy that owns Fox News. If you think Fox News is a liberal, wacky channel, and I guess maybe you could legitimately say that you thought the same for the Wall Street Journal. But the reality is, and I thought about this, by the way, some of you are complaining, well, Carl, you went to prison, and now you came out, and you're some kind of wacky liberal. I, I, I'm going to tell you, um, I'll get a little chat here, uh, open Open Trump pipeline back up, drill here. Um, Trump's pipeline, I'm not sure which pipeline that is. You're probably talking about the Keystone XL, which was the fifth portion of the pipeline, which was going to bring Canadian crude down to the Gulf Coast.
post so that it could be refined and shipped out. Uh, because remember, none of the product that's being refined at a lot of times at the Gulf Coast is brought to the East or West Coast because of that little Jones Act problem and the bulk shipping problem, right? But that's a whole other overlay for another day. Uh, back to the uh, back to the captions for the day. Uh, what, what I'm going to tell you, I was going to say, so some of you guys are like, oh, Carl, you're turning into someone a wacky liberal because you, you got your uh, brain sanitized in prison or something. Well, no, I read the Wall Street Journal and The Economist every day. I didn't watch Fox News every day, so maybe I wasn't getting the Trump cult, steal, whatever vibe. I don't know. I don't know. But what I found fascinating is so the Wall Street Journal says, that spending, consumer spending was flat for July. And that was a good thing, right? Kind of, they were hinting at that because the price of gas had gone down and people continued to spend. Again, if we were in a deep recession or in an economy where consumers were withdrawing their spending, we would have expected that even as gas fell, that overall sales would fell. Instead, people took the money they saved on gas and essentially plowed it into other things. And those things had not increased um, month over month. These are month over month figures. So what they're trying to tell us is, hey, consumers are still being very aggressive about what they're buying and what they're spending. That doesn't cool off an economy. That doesn't help get rid of inflation necessarily. But it also suggests that, again, there's money floating around out there. So the reflex is, well, this is some liberal talking point. No, it was just an observation by the Wall Street Journal. I guess people didn't like the fact they mentioned the Ukraine war and the bump in prices in oil there. Um, U.S. liquid fuel prices aren't strictly related to the war in Ukraine, right? They did go up due to inflation before that. But the war in Ukraine has affected world oil prices and it affected liquid fuel costs in the United States. But again, that constraint in the United States, we could drill twice as much oil starting tomorrow and there'd be no more gasoline on the market. It would push the price of the raw product down. But at the end of the day, there's no more gas to go around because of refinery capacity, okay? So, you know, if I start dropping coconuts off at your house, right? You can only eat one coconut a day, or maybe you can eat five coconuts a day. If I start bringing over 100 every day, guess what's going to happen? You have a lot of coconuts, but you're not going to be eating any more coconuts, okay? Well, we can only refine so much gas every day. We can only refine so much. It's just a simple math problem. So it doesn't matter how much fuel, uh, oil, you know, I send into the system. I'm only going to be able to refine so much of it. We might end up in a position where if we're producing enough oil, it depresses the price, then people don't want to drill for it anymore, and then it pushes it down, and the cycle repeats. Imagine that cycle, cyclic. Commodities are cyclic. Commodities are cyclic. So back when gas was really cheap in 2020 because nobody was buying it, did you really believe that would last forever? Is that the kind of magical thinking that we're engaging in these days? You know, No, it's not going to last forever. That's not how it works. Uh, but we're all guilty of that, right? We, we think that something's never going to change. Our favorite restaurant, our favorite food, our favorite lover, whatever. Nothing's ever going to change. We will all die, get old, you know. Things will change, and the world changes, and commodities are cyclic. Um, so I guess on the oil and gas thing, what I want you to think about is this. If we have any disruption in, dis in the distillates, in terms of a refinery capacity issue, a big refinery fire. I know some of you are very worried about fires in food places all around the country, uh, but a big fire, 
a hurricane. Because of the hurricanes coming through, they have to shut everything down and turn everything back on. So even if a hurricane threatens, it can sometimes close a refinery. So if we get a hurricane you know, moving through the Gulf, it may not actually hit a refinery, but it will cause a bunch of refineries to shut down. We're so tight on the capacity that what's being produced every day is just enough to supply everything and maybe create a little bit of a surplus. Some days no surplus, some days surplus. Uh, so we're literally that tight on the refinery capacity. That's the biggest thing we have to watch. Uh, oil could go back up depending on what goes on. Iran is maybe going to put their oil back on the market. And if that happens, it's a million barrels a day, give or take, that'll creep back into the market. OPEC is creeping up their production, but not vigorously. Uh, Russian oil, if Russia gets desanctioned at some point, if the Ukraine war gets worse and Russia's oil production falls, um, oil price is based on not just what cost of oil in the United States, but all the oil combined. It's a fungible commodity, right? So it's priced around the world on benchmarks, but all of them are influenced by what's happening other places. Uh, one of the reasons that oil has fallen, frankly, is because the Russian embargo has not removed a lot of Russian oil from the market. It has found other homes, which means those places aren't buying as much oil. Now, I don't want to get down into the weeds too far. I mean, I know this, right, this is a really fun show. Carl just keeps talking about oil and permians and fracking and ducks, drilled but uncompleted wells, uh, those sorts of things. Look at the rotary uh, count right now. I believe it's up, right? That's why the Permian, and, and I said this a few months ago, if you go back to when I first started the show in June and look at what I presented in that early show on oil, uh, you pretty much see it's been proven out. Uh, so I feel like, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on this. I've spent a lot of time researching it. Uh, the FJB crowd, right? There's a lot of reasons to hate Joe Biden. A lot of reasons to dislike the man. A lot of reasons to dislike anybody. But the short answer that this is a problem because of the president is just shows your ignorance, okay? If you believe that the oil and gas prices are controlled at the, in the moment by the president who's there. Now, my buddy Marshall will tell you, well, it has an effect on the future. Well, the effect on the future right now should be, okay, mandatory gas and oil leases, uh, no matter what Joe Biden wants to do now. He just signed the law that requires his administration to do it. Joe Manchin slid that in there, okay? Uh, he was wholly bought and paid for by the coal and oil and gas industry, and he made sure that was in there. It's tied to the green energy crap, right? So it's going to happen. So that should push oil prices down in the future, right? Because there's going to be leases. There's going to be permits. It's all taken care of. But again, I keep telling you that doesn't matter because the real fracking play isn't on federal land. That's not the big play. The big play is on private land. That's what really matters. Uh, Wall Street, because prices have been high enough and they can start to see a capital return, may be okay with some increased production, but the Wall Street guys have been holding this back. Everybody wanted to take their profit rounds on this, okay? That's what happens. It's called the capitalism. It's called cyclic commodities. Um, by the way, gold, gold should be what, what $2,500 an ounce by now, right? $3,000 an ounce because of all the hyperinflation, because that's what the guys on the radio have been telling you for years. Send buy some gold, and when the inflation happens, you'll have all this gold, and it'll be very valuable. It'll be a hedge against inflation, and we've had pretty good inflation, high inflation. Oh, by the way, side note, inflation is down, right? Inflation could go to zero. What will happen to prices? Raise your hand if you know. What will happen to prices if inflation goes to zero? They will stay where they're at. You have to have deflation for them to go backwards. Um, for retardation in prices, you would have to have deflation deflation. 
So as long as there's some inflation, which is the target, we want some inflation. Um, deflation is considered bad all around. We have some small amount of inflation. The Fed targets 2%. Prices will never go backwards. And by the way, this 8% inflation rate, that's the rate. It's kind of like a speed, okay? If your inflation rate is 8%, doesn't mean everything went up 8%. It means the current annualized inflation rate is 8%. It's like driving 50 miles an hour. Doesn't mean you went 50 miles. It means right now, if you continued at this speed, you would go 50 miles. If we continued at this inflation rate right now, everything would be in a year's time up 8% across the board. Okay? We have different months with different annualized rates. So if this falls down, we won't end up with an 8% year-over-year inflation rate. We'll end up with some amalgamation of all the different yearly inflation rates combined. Okay? So... If you say, I don't see prices falling, so I don't think they have inflation under control. And I think that Carl is like lying to me about this. Well, if you thought that prices were going to go down because inflation went down, no, inflation would have to go negative, which will be called deflation. And then your prices would go down. Now, some prices are not inflationarily re related, right? Commodities, for instance, like gasoline, partly inflation, partly supply and demand. The supply and demand structure in these things can push into inflation, but those things can change over time. And as supply goes up or demand falls down, price can move down. And that's not really related to inflation or deflation, but that can cause or push inflation or deflation. Okay. Now, big feedback loops, complicated, pain in the butt to think about, but just easier to say, I love Joe Biden, or I hate Joe Biden, right? It's just easier to say that. That's why people fall on that. Um, again, so I post these articles on Facebook from the Wall Street Journal. I think it was two or three of them today. And everybody thinks these are some libtard to quote. Libtard talking points, Carl. Stop with it. Please stop. Why are you doing this to us? Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. Think about that for a minute. You guys are so inflexibly decided that anything that crashes with your worldview, inflexibly is not good, right? Um, who we got here? Got John. What do you got to say, John? Let's see. I laughed at the Democrats blamed the Trumper. Yeah, blame the Trumper, right. And I laugh when the Republicans blame the Biden. Because I always think that if you think the president is the issue, you're probably wrong 95% of the time. You may write 2% to 3%, maybe 5% in a good year. Um, but most of the time, the president has very little to do with anything. Have you read the Constitution? Have you read the Constitution? Who's in charge? The president? No. Read the Constitution again. Okay? Read the Constitution again. Uh, let's just change news topics for a second. Are you out of touch? Yeah, that's my series here, right? Um, should the Bible be banned from the school library? Well, that's what's happened in Texas somewhere because... They basically banned any books that anybody complained about. One of the books people are complaining about is the Bible. Why? Well, they say it's got sex in it. They say it has infanticide in it. They say that it has child torture. I think when Isaac uh, uh, takes the kid up and wants to sacrifice him on the altar or something, you know, and at the last minute before he sticks his knife in his kid, God says no. I think, that would be, I think if you tied your kid up and put him on an altar and said that, you know, somebody was telling you to kill him, and you were waiting to see maybe if you get a last-minute reprieve. Um, I think children and youth would probably take your kid away, right? So is that story something we want read? The Song of Solomon, maybe overly sexualized. Um, 
we're stoning people, we're keeping slaves. I mean, you know, those are the things people are objecting to. They're also objecting to Fifty Shades of Grey. The problem is, folks, and this is my little editorial. My problem, my problem with this is this: once you decide what to ban, right? What offends you, offends you, then something else offends somebody else. And so, generally, in the free speech market, right, we say, eh, we're not going to ban things. Now, age appropriate, I get it, right? They don't want fifty. Should your thirteen-year-old be reading Fifty Shades of Grey? I don't know. Should your eight-year-old be shooting an AR-15? See, different people may reach different conclusions about these different things, right? Some people may think that their 16-year-old daughter can read Fifty Shades of Grey. Somebody else may think a 15-year-old boy um, could read Fifty Shades of Grey. Somewhere a line of decency could be established, but there's no firm rule on that, right? Um, Maybe no one should be reading Fifty Shades of Grey, but apparently everybody did, which is also one of my favorite things, little aspects of American life here. You know, nobody buys pornography, just ask them, yet somehow it's a multi-billion dollar industry. So there's like three guys somewhere who are just spending all this money on pornography all the time, while the rest of us don't look at it. I mean, that's, that's, that's the official party line, right? Um, one of our friends of the show here, Don Stevens, did some research and pulled up an article that shows that certain areas of the country have higher search levels for transgender porn, which happens to correlate with a certain political affiliation. Is that true or not? Well, the, the, the numbers, the correlations there, why that is, who knows? Uh, maybe you have to sneak around and search for it more. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know, though, is we, we speak with one voice and act differently, right? And I said actions speak louder than words. When I was talking about Doug Mastriano, says he'll defend your gun rights, but he won't let somebody bring a gun to his rallies, right? Oh, you can't have a gun. Can't have a gun. Can't have a gun. But I believe in gun rights and gun-free zones are dangerous, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, well, we get the same thing here. You want your library to be purged of things that bother you. But then you're going to be all upset when someone else says the Bible bothers them. And you're going to be all upset when someone else says that, that this other book you like bothers them. So remember, when you bring the censors in, when you start drawing these lines, it doesn't end where you want it to end. It doesn't begin where you want it to begin. That's why we stay away from that stuff. That's why we shy away from censorship. Now, I know you guys all think everybody's trying to indoctrinate everybody, and that school teachers, you know, that's what they, they all went to school for. Well, my teacher, my kid's teacher is good, but the average public school teacher is just an indoctrination machine. Again, these are the bugaboos you're all living with in your heads. Um, certainly, there are some bad teachers that are trying to indoctrinate some kids somewhere. There are police officers who get arrested. Um, I can think of one guy here in the central Pennsylvania area, a police officer arrested for molesting kids, right? So to say that, well, teachers are all uh, groomers or this is a... Now, you can always find an example of one bad apple in any profession or anything who did something wrong. Um, you know, you can always find those examples, but that doesn't mean it's the norm. And that's one of the problems here. Um, these, these whataboutisms, this once, this for instance is becoming an argument. For instance, becomes an argument. Whoa, yeah, but what about this teacher? Well, you know, you guys said you wanted teachers to have guns to protect their kids. And then I just started pulling out of the woodwork all the stories about teachers assaulting their students. Assaulting, sexual assaults number in what, the hundreds every year, but physical assaults as well, including I believe a teacher who shot a student with a nail gun because he was mad at him. So does that set gun policy for all teachers? No, 
Absolutely not. The point is, we can all do that. We can all pull these things out and say, this is the way it is. Like, look at this, look at this, look at this. Um, you know, if you think it's okay for your kid to walk to school, I can find an example of a kid who got ran over or kidnapped on his way to school. If you think swimming is safe, 200 and some kids under the age of six drown every year in family pools. Let's fill them all in, right? Because the family pool is more dangerous than a gun. Um, and my point on all this is, you start thinking that there's these horrible books in the library and that this children's library at the school has these things. And then the most insane aspect of that is, so does the internet. So does the internet. So you guys who are worried about what's in your school's library, right? Oh no, Carl, I carefully control what my kid gets on his phone. And I have complete control with software of the computers here at the house. Okay, great. So Jimmy and Tommy and Bobby and Susie and Sandy can't all look at someone else's phone or tablet or computer. Um, did anybody have a family that didn't do something and wasn't allowed to do something? Like video games were banned in your house or cards or whatever. Now, maybe you weren't the bad kid, right? Or maybe you were the most well-behaved kid. You know, you're not one of the people that looks at pornography either. I gotcha. Um, you couldn't go over to a friend's house and play Nintendo or Atari or whatever it is they play these days. Uh, it seems to me when it comes to pornography, you know, obviously I haven't looked at it since I was a kid because one of the guys in my school used to steal his dad's Playboys and Hustlers and staple the fish and game covers on them and bring them to the eighth grade, right? But heaven forbid that the school library have a book that has a sex scene in it because, well, I would have been polluted uh, if I had bothered to go to the library to read that book as opposed to reading uh, the fish and games that were making the circulation in uh, Mr. Seddon's social studies class in the eighth grade, right? And that's the reality. That's why some of this stuff gets to be absurd, right? But if you're going to take out some books like The Diary of Anne Frank, because you find it objectionable, uh, maybe you're worried about Jews replacing you, you know, one of those people, um, Doug Mastriano types. Um, Right, because and I can say that about him fairly because he refuses to actively renounce the anti-Semite that he gave five thousand dollars of campaign funds to. Right, so if you gave to Doug Mastriano, you've indirectly supported uh, this Jew-hating, gab-owning guy from Central Pennsylvania. No, well, it is what it is. But Doug refuses to renounce that. Doug refuses to ask for his money back. Because, you know, Doug doesn't really like Jewish people, I don't think. Um, or else he wouldn't have engaged in what he did. Anyhow, I, I, I digress. But you don't like certain religions? Well, get their book out of the school, right? But then other religions aren't going to like your book in the school either. Because it all has objectionable content. I know, you guys think I'm crazy. Um, so... I'm, I'm not sure, John, I'm not sure, John, what you're saying yes to, but sure, yes, I agree. And John, those are crazy eyes on that. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, uh, but if if you looked at me like that, I would lose the staring contest, all right? Uh, you'd have to, you have to look at the video in order to appreciate that. So if you listen to this on audio, you're not going to see, but if you know what crazy eyes are, it, it's he's got some crazy eyes staring right at me right now and I'm, I'm just joshing with you john but uh 
So remember, West Texas Intermediate Crew is down 87.55. It's going to fall a little bit more. Is it going to stay down? That's what they're saying is no. They're saying in January, we might expect prices to start to cycle back up a little bit. Uh, so to summarize the show, because I'm just going to wrap this around to the end here, right? You should think about going electric, right? Think about going electric because the Wall Street Journal, that liberal bastion, did point out that in the inflation hedge, people who had capitalized with solar panels and electric cars have avoided a lot of the energy cost problems that have been the bulk of inflation that people have been dealing with. The good news is about energy, it, it is something that can come back down. We have booms and busts in that. So, uh, But remember, the price of bacon is not going to fall to where it was. You remember when your grandfather said, well, when I was a kid, a loaf of bread was just a nickel. Or when you go to the bar and they sell nickel beers, but they cost, you know, a buck 25 or a buck 50. Um, or they have quarter beers at some bars that cost like a buck 50. See, those things were named back when that amount of money bought that thing. So if you look back, people bought houses for six and $8,000 back in the day, right? That's inflation. By the way, if you're expecting your house to appreciate in value, right? In order for your house to appreciate in value, it has to become worth more, which means somebody has to buy it with more money. If all the housing becomes more expensive, then people need more money to buy housing, which means they need higher wages, which means we will have inflation. So if you're a homeowner who believes in the American dream of owning a home, to bank and build wealth, right? That's why you own a home, to bank and build wealth, aside from living there. But that's the American dream we're told. Well, home ownership and the appreciation of the value of real estate is directly tied to inflationary pressures. Uh, it's also supply, to, supply and demand, but if you understand, because it's the demand of a basic necessity, as more people are born, more people inhabit the earth, more people want bigger, better parcels of land and better, fancier real estate, right? Then you're going to have some inflation because as the cost of housing goes up, the cost of necessities go up. And it just pushes and ripples through the economy. So the next time you say there should be no inflation or damn them with all this inflation, go, am I a homeowner who's hoping that my house appreciates in value? Because if you are, then you are really hoping that the cycle that creates inflation uh, comes to fruition. Remember that. All right. All right, guys, thank you. I think the uh, moral of the story is uh, the moral of the story is gas is going to get a little cheaper probably going to get really cheap in time for november right and maybe next show we'll talk about what's going on with the u.s senate and where i think that's headed. oh and i remember i was going to tell you guys some stuff about sports if you're a steelers fan you've got a lot of super bowl rings to show for right if you're an eagles fan you know i don't know i i don't even know what to say about eagles fans um they throw snowballs at santa claus right but this year on this show, I'm going to try to keep us up to date on the Buffalo Bills. They were trying out a punter the other day. Anybody see any of that? Um, guy can kick the ball like 80 yards. So, you know, the Bills, they're already, they really are all that. They're going to be all that more. Uh, but we'll get into more detail on the Bills in a future episode. All right, guys, take care.